So the first question we answered was, what is priesthood? And we gave a definition of priesthood as the process by which a person with a body is authorized by a supernatural authority to carry out certain activities in the natural realm that can effect a change in the supernatural realm. All right, and we said these activities involve blood. Um, by, by implication, it means a priest is an individual, male or female. Some say priestesses, but really, it's not about the gender connotation. A priest is that one, all right, who has that authorization to enter into this office, who has the credentials to be able to carry out certain activities here, all right, that effect a change from the spirit realm that manifests here. Hmm. And this is true of the kingdom of light. This is very true of the kingdom of darkness. Our number two question was, who was the first priest? Who was the first priest? We answered that technically the first mention, all right, was Melchizedek, the king of Salem, the priest of God. Hmm. We broke that down. Powerful teaching. I will encourage you to go back. We can't touch it this evening. Definitely can't. But we said that the first place priesthood took place was in Genesis 3. After man had fallen and had attempted to cover himself or to cover themselves with fig leaves. A temporary fix. All right. But God showed up and said no. Without the remission of blood. Without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood. So God made coats of skin. He shed blood and then he covered them. Giving us a picture of the Lamb of God. That we will be slain for the sins of mankind. The number three question that we answered was what are the priestly orders? And then we just picked it up from there. The order of Melchizedek. Which is the order of Christ. Which is the order that even Abraham, this was an order that predated the law as we know it, the old covenant. And we said the other order was the order of Levi, the Levitical priesthood. All right, which was the destiny of that priesthood was to kill the Lamb of God. And it fulfilled its purpose because when Jesus walked the surface of the earth, the main people who championed and sought to his death. We are the high priests and the priests of the time. The, the religious authorities of the time sought to it. So, anyway you want to look at it, Levi fulfilled its destiny by the activities of the high priest, by seeing to it that this Lamb of God was crucified. And Jesus, our high priest, lives today. Not in that order of Levi, all right, but in the order of Melchizedek. Wow. This was a very powerful teaching. Some of us have just been spurred up again to revisit. The number four question was, how does one become a priest? And we said, no one takes this honor upon him. You cannot Christen yourself. You cannot commission yourself as a priest. Priests are consecrated. Priests are ordained into priesthood. And we saw scriptures that God has called you. God has called me. All right. He has called us not just to be kings, but also to be priests. Because the way we will rule will be by priesthood. So there is that balance to our destiny as a people that we will rule and operate complete dominion. Dominion over the elements. Dominion over sickness. Dominion over disease. Dominion over storms. Dominion over, over life. How? By leveraging activities that you can do here that will effect a change from the supernatural realm. Hmm. No one takes this honor upon himself. The priests are chosen. Priests are ordained. The number five question, which we answered the last time, and that was where we stopped, was the differences between the Levitical order and the order of Melchizedek. We highlighted a couple of differences. All right, one is everlasting, one is temporary. One offers an eternal sacrifice. One that makes annual atonement. One is a perfect priesthood. <laughs> and the other one, the, even the high priest needs to first atone for himself before he can atone for the people. We said one involves 
coming into the presence of God. There is a tangibility of the essence of his power. The other one was about ordinances, about religion, about tradition. Mm. I believe you were very blessed by that teaching. So today, let's dive into it. Let me flip over and then we will talk about priesthood part two. The number six is what are the similarities? What are the this order that you and I are now connected to, what, what are some of its characteristics, all right, that we can hold on to? What is expected? So just to make the questions easy for you. What is expected of you as a priest today? What is expected of me? Definitely, I am not expected to put on the, the linen gown and to have my ephod breastplate or to carry the Urim and the Thummim, that's not expected of me today. I'm not expected to, to come to KICC one day and tell everybody, next week Sunday is Priest Sunday. Everybody's looking. Okay, PD, Priest Sunday. Okay. I mean, speed is always blessing us. So Priest Sunday. And I say, everybody bring a goat. All right. The caterers in listening now, they just started dancing. The caterers, they're thinking of food. <laughs> See, we need to go and thank Jesus all over again. Because if not for his sacrifice, we would need to still be doing goods today. Goods. Not goods for your, for your pepper soup. Goods as your entire livelihood. If you have a child that is wayward and wayward, you know you're already gone. Because for each waywardness is goods. Goods. Yeah, just buy. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. What a sacrifice. What a perfect sacrifice. Father, this evening we receive illumination by your spirit. Speak to us. Change us by your truth. Let us drink to the full of your fountain. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. All right. So what is expected of you as a priest today? What is expected of me as a priest today? What are the similarities? Because we do not have as much detail as to this order of Melchizedek. But we have the perfect detail, which is Christ. Because Christ is patterned after that order. We have elaborate details as to the Levitical order because it was a place older for a generation until the main high priest came. Until the perfect lamb came. Until the sinless priest came. Mm. So, similarities... Similarities and what is expected of you, what is expected of me. Number one, consecration. Under both orders of priesthood, consecration for priests still remains. Remember it says in Revelations 1 verse 6, quoting what God had said to Moses, that God's desire is to raise a kingdom of priests, not a tribal assignment or a tribal designation, but a kingdom of priests, where their king is, their, is a king of kings and their high priest is the high priest of priests. So God's desire from the beginning, as they'll say in Latin, ab initio, God's, 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 God's initial intent was to raise his people. And as we said, as God was telling Moses, a kingdom of priests. What's this? He's saying, God, all these people, priests. And God is saying, Moses, Hold my coffee. A time is coming when perfect blood will be shed for them. A time is coming when an everlasting sacrifice will be made for them. However, in this new priesthood, consecration is still a requirement. Consecration is a, is a commonality. Remember our number six question is similarities between the two orders. Let's go to scripture. Luke 18 verse 1. I want them to put it on your screen, and you thank God for this scripture. We, you've seen it every week from the beginning of 2021. All right, next week you will see a new scripture, because we'll be starting a new series. All right, but let's start from here. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that you ought always to pray. Let's bring it home now. That I always ought to pray, because when I am not praying, I am fainting. This is the air I breathe. This is the necessity for my existence. This is an opportunity for intimacy. This is how I do priesthood. This is how I leverage on supernatural power to effect change in my world. This is it. 
that you ought always to pray and not to faint. Glory to God. So let's zoom in. Let's zoom in on today's conversation. Consecration is still a requirement for today's priests. In this order that our high priest Christ, this order of Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, the prince of peace, in this, in this new priestly order where we are kings and we are priests, consecration is still a requirement. Exodus chapter 29 and verse 4. Exodus, boy, boy, boy. Exodus chapter 29, verse 4. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of meeting. I will show you the doorway in a, in a minute. Like literally show you. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of the meeting. Out where the basin is. I will show you where the basin is. All right. It says wash them with water. Then you shall take. So you can see the process. There is water. Then you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil. You can see the elements for consecration. There is a washing with water. There is a cleansing with blood. There is a consecration and an anointing with the oil of the Spirit. It says, and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and on their garments. Wow. What a scripture. This, this is instructive. It says, now Aaron and his garments and his sons and their garments shall be consecrated. We have it in the Amplified. I believe it is on your screen. Just to tell you what that consecration implies. It says they've become dedicated. They've been made holy. Made holy. Hmm. Declared sacred for God's purpose. And I, I gave us this definition couple of teachings in the past now that to be consecrated means I am not available for every purpose. I'm not available for every conversation. I am not available for every place. I'm not saying it's wrong if you go there, but I am, I am set apart for God's purpose. Why? There is a washing with water. There is a cleansing with blood. Oil has been poured upon my head. The spirit of God lives here now. I, I'm sorry, I don't do that anymore. This is not moralization. It has been set apart. I, I remember when we were studying this at our, our devotion, reading the book of Exodus. And I said to my wife, I said, God needs to deliver his people from the appearance of moralism without consecration. Moralism means I can dress, and, and, and look at this. It says that having done this, you have made them holy. And if you look at it, now, pick, picture with me. You are looking at somebody who has just been washed with water. You are looking at somebody whose clothes, it was white when it was put on. White, white, all right? But now blood has been sprinkled on it. Oil has been poured on it. In our own visible, visible eyes, it... it, it it is not clean, but God says that's what is holy. Hmm. And my question to you is that, have you been washed with the water of the word? Have you been set apart by oil on your head? Have you been soaked in the blood of the lamb? If not, you might be looking clean. You might be speaking clean. You might be dressing clean. Your appearance is sanctimonious. Holy doesn't mean clean. It means set apart. It means water has shown up. It means blood has shown up. It means the oil has been poured. Glory to God. Glory to God. So this is from the Levitical one. Let's, let's flip to the modern day one. Modern day, I don't mean 21st century. In fact, this scripture is proof <laughs> of what we're about to say. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. In this new priesthood, in this new priesthood, they're young, young adult, hear me. In this new priesthood, we, we can't be too woke for consecration. You can't be woker than the need to be dedicated, to have oil on your head, to not be available. You're not available for every chat. You're not available for every room. You're not available for the, some kinds of DMs. It's, it's, I'm not just trying to, to form only. I've been set apart. It says, nevertheless, the foundation of God's standard sure. Wow. 
He says, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ, let everyone that has been washed by the water of his word, let everyone that has been dipped in the precious blood of the Lamb, let everyone who has received a consecration by the oil of God's spirit upon your life, let all of us, let's stop trying to look clean and look holy, let us be holy. Because the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, just put your hand on your chest wherever you are and say, I have been set apart. I have been set apart to do exploits. Come on, say it like you believe it. Some of us need to put it on the chat. I have been set apart. That's what it means to be holy, to be made holy. Declared secret, set apart, consecrated. For his divine purpose. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Alright. Looks like we're making good progress. Number two similarity. Number two similarity. In the old order of Levi. There was constant burning. In the new order of Melchizedek. Which is the order of our priesthood. Christ our high priest. There is also constant burning. Remember I said if I said there was priest Sunday next week it will involve goods because really even though God requested for it scripture gives us insight a man in the old covenant said I've gotten close to God's presence I don't don't know if you are getting this it's like it's like an intern or a new new employee in a company and um, HR has done your onboarding, they've done your initial training, they've familiarized you with the software, they've set up your email, they've added you on Slack, you know, done all of those things, and you're now feeling, oh, great, I'm going to work. And then your supervisor comes and says, the CEO wants weekly reports from you, weekly reports just to monitor your progress. And this is the format the CEO wants it. He wants it, you know, point by point, tasks to do, status, Pending, resources needed, lessons learned. Boy, jammy. And then you just say, okay, if that's what the CEO wants, the CEO has asked for it, I will do it. Is that what he wants? He wants it every Friday or he wants it every Monday. He's going to get it. Someone is saying, does the CEO have to be male? All right, I, I'm not saying he because of, it's just obvious convenience. So let's, let's say she, the CEO, she wants it every week, regular in this format. All right? So, you, you're doing that, you're doing that, sending it, sending it, sending it. You just get reply, okay, reply, okay, reply, okay. And then, so, glory to God. Someone else comes and says, oh, how, how, how are you settling in? Say, oh, nice, you know, I, I you know, it's in my targets, all my KPIs, you know, looking good. Someone say, what's KPI? All right. Key performance, if it's one, index. If it's more than one, indices, all right? Usually more than one. If you have one, you're not serious. <laughs> all right? KPI is on point, you know, targets, you know, exceeding. And said, how about the CEO? How are you settling in into a leadership style? So I sent my, my, my weekly, weekly updates. And the person says, oh, that's what HR told you. So, okay, okay, not bad if that's what you're doing. But now gives you another dimension of insight. And says, well... I've known our CEO for over 25 years. I can tell you, even though she has asked for those weekly updates, she doesn't have pleasure in them. That's not really a desire. You're like, but but I've been sending them. You can continue sending them. All right. But at some point, at some point, you, you, you want to really know what she has pleasure in? She says, let me tell you. When you do that, you are no longer, you, you don't have job security. You have life security. In the same way, these goats, these bulls, for those who couldn't afford bull, pigeon, for those who were too broke for pigeon, God said, you'll bring flour. <laughs> you must bring something. He says, but David came and told us, this is not what God really wants. But keep doing it. <laughs> keep sending your weekly. In fact, they were doing constant burning. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. It says, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. I'm going to show us pictures. When you say on the altar, all right, I'll show us pictures. It will make sense in a bit. It says, it shall not be put out, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. 
The priests shall burn wood on it every morning. There is a constancy. It's like, it's like God saying to us, KICC Canada, you will show up in my presence. There's a fire kindled on your inside. There's so much I want to do in your city. There's so much I want to do in your province. There's so much I want to do in your nation. There's so much I want to do on your continent. However, I need you to show up, not once a week, I need you to show up daily, every morning, rekindling the fire of my presence. It says, and lay the burnt offerings in order on it. It says, and you shall burn it, the father of the peace offerings, and it's very emphasizes in verse 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. So this was the standard for Levi, for, for, for that priesthood. But a man shows up. A man that had traversed the, the, a man that had gone in, a man that knew God's presence, a man who was a solid worshiper, a man who had beheld the beauty of his holiness. And he had the audacity to say some, some unthinkable statements. The reason why he was not accused for blasphemy was he was king. And this is what God wants. Kings that understand priesthood. Kings that rule that decree and that understand priesthood. So let's go to Psalms 51. The 51st Psalm and the 15th verse. Boy, I am praying for us that light will dawn unusually. By his spirit, in the name of Jesus. Psalm 51 verse 15. It says, oh Lord, listen, open down my lips. Open down my lips. And my mouth shall show forth your praise. Open down my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Verse 16. It says, for thou desirest not sacrifice. We are doing it. We will still do it or in that order. It says, but really, you don't, it, it's like weekly report. You just click the mail and that's it. It doesn't give you pleasure. Hmm. It says, else I would give it. It says, thou delightest not in burnt offerings. It's not, it's not, this, it's not this fat. It's, it's, this is not it. That's what David was saying. This is not it. Hmm. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart that can align with his frequency, that can give him worship that is due unto him. It says, oh God, thou will not despise. Thou will not despise. So he tells us there, our burnt offering really is a broken, yielded life. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, it's, it's now you on the altar, as a living sacrifice, holy, complete, all of you, acceptable unto God. For this is, not, this is your reasonable service. And for that morning, regular one, it says his lips. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, by him, therefore. Now, just for context, the book of Hebrews was written to practicing Jews. I'll show you the system of their practice shortly on the screen. Practicing Jews. So the author was really, was, it, was, it, was, it was writing against solid mentalities. Saying that that burnt offering you guys are still going to do. It has been fulfilled in Christ. That was the objective. This was a church in persecution that was still very much, it, it was a strongly Jewish audience. They knew everything. The atonement, all the festivals, all the symbols. He's saying they've now been fulfilled in Christ. Switch from the Levitical priesthood to this order of, of, of your high priest, Christ Jesus. Now, that's the, if I can give the book of Hebrews a title, is switch. Switch from Levi to Melchizedek. Switch from the ironic priesthood to the priesthood of Christ Jesus. He says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Continually, this is the regular one. Continually, for that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. David knew this. As we learned on Sunday, part of his routine, he did this seven times a day. As a busy king, seven times a day. As the mighty warrior of Israel, seven times a day. 
I'll give him praise. It doesn't matter what's on the news. It doesn't matter what's on the news. It doesn't matter who just, it doesn't matter what territory just, we, see, continually. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in him. Oh, mag hey, magnify the Lord with me. It's an offer. And if you won't take it, I will bless. So number one, in this order, there is still consecration. The water, the blood, the oil. Number two, there is still constant burning. There is a daily sacrifice there. Your life now, it says you, you don't have pleasure in that. What you want is a broken spirit. What you want is a is a, is a sold out life. A life, it's a, but now it's a living sacrifice. Yielded, surrendered. And then the daily sacrifice is the fruit of our lips. We, we, the, the rams we are bringing now is solid praise, genuine quality one to the King of Kings. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Number three, we are making good progress. There are just four, if, if you are wondering. Number one, consecration. Number two, constant burning is still going on. Real sacrifice there, but it's taking a new shape in this order. Number three, there is still a bearing of names. There is still a bearing of names. What that means for those listening with the air of the Spirit immediately, it means there is a requirement for constant intercession. There are names engraved. Names engraved. Cities assigned. Families assigned. Individuals assigned, engraved, all right, that you constantly carry them with you to the place of his presence. Hmm. Exodus chapter 28, verse 11. Exodus 28, verse 11 and verse 12. Under the old order, it says, with the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, it says, shall thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. It says, Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold. Verse 12. It says, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. It's saying that there is a constancy here. You have six tribes on one side, six tribes on one tribe. The totality of the tribes of Israel, you carry them constantly. In that old priesthood, it was a requirement. In this new priesthood, there is constant, and this was Aaron, the high priest. There is constant intercession by our high priest who models. Remember our example, models to us that in our capacity of priest, we, we cannot afford to always come on behalf of ourselves. That, that was never the design of priesthood. It was always on behalf of. Hebrews 7, 25. Hebrews 7, 25. It says, wherefore, hmm, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost, to save them completely, that come unto God by him. This will make sense in a bit. It says, seeing that he ever lives to make intercessions for them. This is the ministry of intercession of the resurrected Christ, our high priest. Continuous intercession as a model that my prayer cannot always be about me. I believe we've settled this. We've talked about petition. It's important. It is important. It is very important. And we've learned how to do it well so that we see results. Intercession is a core dimension of our priesthood. That there is a bearing of names. Names, now, the, the lesson here is engraved. Not occasional, oh, sister, random name. Sister Jane, as a need, we'll pray for her. And then God has done it. Glory to God, all right? Those are, those are project-based intercessions. However, there is another dimension here that is an engraved intercession. It's that, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what the need is. God has asked me to pray for you. And every time I go before his presence, I drag your name along. May God give us such, <laughs> and may we be such to others. In the mighty name of Jesus. The question is, what family are you dragging along? 
Whose name do you bear on your heart in the place of prayer? Saying, God, I've come, but you will show yourself mighty in this life, in this family, in this ministry. I always tell my wife this, tell, tell you to our pastors, I believe strongly, I believe strongly that this ministry, KICC here in Canada, has been engraved on the heart. I don't know who yet, I've not seen who or where, but there is solid intercession being made for us. The rate at which God has woken us up from our slumber, from our, sn- from our snoring, it's response to prayer. And we have to pay it forward. Pay it forward. Praying for the city. Praying for the nations. Praying for the ministries in this nation. That God will raise and quicken all of us. All of, no exception. Irrespective of our names and our denominations and what our general overseers are. That there will be a really quickening. A solid revival of word, blood, and oil. Glory to God. Glory to God. And number four, before I show you some pictures... Number four, remember number one, there is still consecration as a requirement in this order. There is still a constant burning, constant sacrifices, but now it's a living sacrifice. Now it's the ram of our lips. Number three, there is still a bearing of names engraved there, but not stones physically now, but but engraved names, engraved families, engraved cities that we constantly take into the place of prayer. And number four, a critical dimension of the priesthood is building the capacity to deliver the counsel of God. Building the capacity to deliver the counsel of God. In the Levitical order, there was a provision for you to discern God's will. Please follow. This is the last point before I show you some pictures. But this is very crucial. God's desire for you and for me is to enjoy direction by his spirit. However, in the shadow, in the old covenant, there was a picture of that direction that was just in electronics. They call it and an orgate. So the same pity was that. Well, how do you know these funny things? All right. How do you know these how do you know these things? I, me too. I, I wonder sometimes. <laughs> but I just know these things. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So there was a tool. Let's see it in God's word. Exodus chapter 28 and verse 30. Let's go to God's word. Exodus chapter 28 verse 30. There was a technology that God gave to them in that old order. That when you need to discern my counsel, I, I will give you a way. Hmm. I will give you a way. And the way itself, God, boy. So let's go to God's word. And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim. And they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. He says, having that in place, Aaron shall bear the judgment. He will, what that means is he will discern and judge what is right for the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. It was a technology. It was, it was, I don't know those who are young enough to know when all we had was 2G. 2G. Someone is saying what's 2G when we are still arguing where the 5G is, X or Y. Let's just put it that way. But once upon a time, the technology was 2G. It was edge, edge. What then? When you are when you want to open your email, whether you are using Google or Yahoo Mail, you click Google.com. You click it, then you travel to your village. You travel. After a while, you come back. The page has opened. For those of us who did, we did this at cyber cafes, people are saying, what, what, what continent, what generation is this guy from? All right. I look young, all right, but I'm, I'm a man from way back. You know, those days in cyber cafes, you type in your you type in username, type in password, click enter, you pause your time because you paid for one hour. And then you go and do something else. Maybe you go and boil, you go and boil yam or you go and plant cocoa yam in your village. And then you come back, it has opened. Oh, this is the email I've been waiting for. You click it, boom, 
You travel again, you come back. It was low technology. Low technology. Today, when you click and it doesn't boom, you're already what's wrong with this this internet. Some of us remember the days when it was nothing. God said, I I, I know this is not the appropriate tool for your guidance, but let me leave you with something. The urim there, it means lights. The thummim there means perfections. God is saying, I'm sowing a seed that there is a superior technology coming that will give you real light. <laughs> not, this, not this touch of yes or no. Shall I go? Shall I not go? Urim. Will I be defeated? Thummim. Or he say, no, I am, I am ushering another order of priesthood that you will have a fullness of light. And this light will lead you to a perfect day. Why? Because the path of the just is like a shining light. They get it. It's talking about Urim here. And it shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. God is bringing us into a season where we have full light, a full revelation of his counsel. And it is a confirmation of his perfect will. Ah. So now we can find out his will. We can worship in his presence. And the spirit of God can say, this is my counsel for you. This is no longer in two bytes, in two terabytes. This is no longer downloading your blueprint and your patterns on diskettes. He said, I, I, I am revealing my counsel to you. Light has come. Light has come. Glory to God. I said, light has come. Glory has come. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice that you will arise in your capacity as king. You will arise in your capacity as priest. And that you will enforce and establish his kingdom in your sphere. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, is that the best you've got? I said you will be that tool of influence. You will be that agent of change. You will be that order of, 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 of the priesthood in order of Christ, our high priest. And there will be change in your world because of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to show you some pictures. Very quickly, I want to show you some pictures. And then I will just allow these pictures to minister to you because it's going to make a lot of sense shortly. Remember what we learned in Casting Grounds? Our God is very deliberate about his patterns. Not because he has OCD, you know, but because his patterns point to someone. I wanted to say something. The Spirit of God just took over. His patterns point to someone, everything. The book we call the Bible, the inspired word of God, is a book about Jesus. Right from the very first line in Genesis to the very last line in Revelation. It's a book about Jesus. And all the pointers, the reason why those patterns were specific, we are pointing to a perfect one. I can't tell you 10 cubits, you can't do 10.5. It's pointing, it's, it's a shadow of the real if you can put it on your screen, let's start from the tent of tabernacle, or popularly called the tabernacle of Moses. I believe it is on your screen by now. Thank you so much. All right, I believe it is on your screen. I will try and move away so that I can show you just some things. Now, every time God gave instructions, I believe it's safe for me to come this way. Okay. Trying to see if my clicker is working. Oh, good. It's working, but I don't know if you can see anything. So let me trust your imaginations here. All right. This, this was God's response. When, when Moses said, let your presence go with us. And God was, you know, he was waxing hot in the language of Exodus. And Moses said, God, calm down. God said, okay, I'll send my angel to go. God said, no. Moses said, no. You're not going. If your presence won't go with us, you won't leave here. God said, come up, come up. Let me show you something. So Moses went up, he saw something, and this is what he saw. I want to walk us through some of the things, because when we read these things in the book of Exodus, you read in Leviticus, so you bring purple, you bring blue, you bring scarlet yarn, you bring purple stuff, you bring blue, you know, let them bring gold, let them bring silver, let them bring white linen, let them bring ram's hair. This one should be made of brass. That should be made. It just looks very abstract, like What's happening here? I won't, I won't, I will not succumb to the temptation to park here because these are full sermons. But what I will do, what I will do is I will refer you to some of the most excellent teachings I have found on this matter. On the topic of the tabernacle of Moses, one of the most excellent teachings, you can find it on YouTube. It was recorded in 1993. 
Some of us were not born. Some of us were singing carols in heaven, all right? We're still dancing and, and running about the throne room. When the elders were lying down, you were almost kicking, picking the crowns. <laughs> all right? And some of us were, you know, around. And some genuine, some, some, you know, you know, they've been, they've been, they've been around. So whatever category you fall into, 1993, a very young Dr. Benny Inn, all right, did a recording and a, an excellent expose. I will strongly recommend it to you, all right? And then we will switch a bit to the Tabernacle of David, one of the most excellent teachings. There, there are a lot, I'm, I'm giving personal recommendations now, all right? You might, you might find some, something else by PD, all right, on the Tabernacle, all right? I'm telling you the one I, I loved, thoroughly blessed by, very scriptural, very accurate, very inspired, 1993. All right, Dr. Benin, you can search for it online, um, the Tabernacle of Moses. Um, and then on the Tabernacle of David, excellent teaching by Pastor, for, for my old Canadian audience, they will say Poju, po, Poju, Pastor Poju, Oyemade, Pastor Poju, Oyemade, wonderful friend of KICC, all right, and is the pastor of Covenant Nation. He did a teaching or teachings on the Tabernacle of David. Anyone you find, you will be blessed. So let's look at exactly what is going on here. There were specific materials that God told the children of Israel to build this tent with. Now, as they were moving, this tent was designed to be able to move with them, and then they would pitch in the camp and stay. Their tribes were organized around a configuration around this tent, all right? The pillars, everything detailed with meaning. There were pillars there, pillars there, about 60 of them. 60 of them. Each pole was made of brass. You see white linen all over. Symbolic, all right? Gold there was symbolic of divinity. Silver there, symbolic of redemption. It was the tool of exchange, all right? If you look at this, 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 guess what this is called? This is the only entrance. This right here is the only entrance into this tabernacle, saying there is only one way. And guess what this door was called? It was called the way. It was called the way. So when Jesus showed up and says, I am the way. They were like, haven't you blasphemed enough? Because they knew what he was saying. This was the only, see, it was the height of this. There was no other way to get in. He's saying, you, if you want to get in, you've got to come through the way. And the way there shows the fusion of the materials. Purple there, talking about his royalty, Jesus the king. Red there, or scarlet, talking about Jesus, the Savior. Blue, Jesus, the Son of Man. White, Jesus, the perfect man. Boy. And he says, this is how you are going to get in. The only way to get in. And when you get in, the first thing you see is the altar. I don't know how great this resolution is. I think there's another picture they can show you that might be clearer on your screen. But you get to this altar. It was made of brass. Symbolic of judgment. Symbolic of suffering. It had four horns. This is where the initial burning is done. You put the blood of the animal. This, this was it. And then you, move, you progress to the laver. This is where you wash. You wash your hands. You wash your feet. This right here is still outer court. All of this is still outer court. To go beyond here, you've got to be a priest. It's a privileged place. This is the holy place. This is the holiest of all. There was another court in here. Another court in here. Another veil here. Guess what that was called? I know we have some brilliant people. It was called the truth. It was called the truth. So having come in through Jesus, the only way to life, you come in through the way. Having been washed by his blood, you experience salvation here. There is a washing here of water with the word. You experience mind renewal here. It says you can now come in. Glory to God. You can now come in here. You can now, you having come in through the way, you've experienced transformation by the word. You can enter in through the truth. I, I don't know what angle will work. But in this holy place, I hope you can still see, in this holy place, this, this, this region, having gone through the truth, there were two important components here. There was a light stand. It's called a menorah. Or in English, we call it a candlestick. It was required to be constantly burning. There had to be oil there, symbolic of the spirit, that we will only see illumination. The truth you have received, 
it will come alive only by the oil of the Spirit. And there was a table there, a table of shoe bread. A table of shoe bread. Having been satisfied with the fullness of him. There is another small altar here. Just before, I mean, this color can help us. You can see this, the way, the truth. Now, this is called the life. The priests could come in here. Only the high priest could go in here. And he, he won't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going in. He could do it only once a year, the Day of Atonement. The Jews call it Yom Kippur, and they still celebrate it today. It had another altar here. This one was for bond sacrifices. This one was for incense. For bond sacrifices, this was a fragrance of incense. And then, having satisfied a thorough consecration process once in a year, the high priest was able to go into the most holy place where the ark of the covenant dwelt. Where the ark of the covenant dwelt. Everything was symbolic. The wood used was symbolic. Acacia wood or shitting wood. It was is wood that is naturally resistant to decay. It says, you will not allow my flesh to see corruption. Everything symbolic. Ramzeh, symbolic. The way it was anchored to the ground, halfway, symbolic. Everything symbolic. The number of poles, symbolic, 60. The, the brass, the silver on top, the pomegranates, everything symbolic. Hmm. Glory to God. Glory to God. So somebody, remember what we said before? That David, so this was the tent. It moved with them up until when they entered into the land. All right. And they camped it at Shiloh. They camped it there. I'm sure you remember the story of how the glory departed and how the ark of God was taken away to battle with the Philistines. When the Philistines saw it, they said, hey. This, is this, this presence is their secret. This ark, this ark we are done for. However, quit yourselves as men so that the God of the Israelites will not embarrass you. It says the, the Philistines fought bravely. They defeated Israel. They captured the ark. Took it to the temple of their God, Dagon. Just for God to prove that. It's not as if my presence doesn't work. But my children did not honor me. Don't think my ark will come and chill here with Dagon. Dagon was just bowing, bowing. They will raise it up, bow, bow and break. <laughs> hey, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice. Will you have any power contending with the God you serve? That they will bow, they will break before your God. In the mighty name of Jesus, that this rock of offense will crumble every opposition to the authority of the presence of God that you carry. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. So next time you're reading Exodus and you're seeing scarlet, purple, it's beginning to make sense. This is all Jesus. This was the shadow. This is all Jesus. This is all Jesus. The showbread. David had the audacity. The Bible tells us he was running away from Saul. He ran to the house of God. He saw the prophet, the man of God, Ahimelech, the priest. He says, I'm hungry. I need food. The work of the king requires it. I need food. He said, there's no bread. However, there's just the show bread, the bread of his presence. He said, have you consecrated yourself? Are the men consecrated? Say, <laughs> we are we ourselves, we are consecration. Bring it. He ate it. Audacity. Because he knew God does not have pleasure in these things. God really has pleasure in something. That, that, that understanding, that revelation David had led him to, this was instructions according to pattern that God gave to Moses that sustains the Israelites for generations. David shows up and says, God has shown me something. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Moses is wrong, but God has shown me something. And what God has shown me, God has shown me. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8 and 9, it says, Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. He said, This is not really the big deal to you. Neither hast thou pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. He says, then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he might establish the new. He takes away the first that he might establish the second. Well, so what was the second, according to David? David is saying, God wants something else. These animals continue, but I have discovered what gives him pleasure. So when David became boy, 
We can't touch this. We won't touch this. When David became king, he just said, there's a, there's a tabernacle in Shiloh. People are still worshiping, doing all sorts. There's no ark there. There's no ark. We have to retrieve the ark of covenant. They discovered that the ark had been somewhere for so long. He said, let's go get it. Let's go get it. And you know the story. As they brought the ark, without following the pattern of the protocols of his presence, a man tried to help God. And you know how that story goes. David was heartbroken. He said, no, this was not the plan, God. I know what you like. I was about to give you what you like. Why, why have you done this? Why have you done this? He said, take it, take it to Obededom. Take it there. Take it there. Obededom knew something that the others did not know. He said, this presence here, your response to it will determine how you will benefit from the presence. Obededom knew some of the secrets. He knew some of the secrets. And news, the guy was trending on Twitter, trending on Instagram. Says God has changed Obedidom's story. God, God has turned his life. And, and news got to David. He said, yes, that's the presence I know. That's the favor I know. That's the grace I know. Let's, let's now do it properly, properly. So David, having initially, there's a lot of history to this. I, I, I just pray that the Spirit of God will make you hungry and curious enough to understand what really gives him pleasure. To understand that your priesthood involves daily sacrifices with your lips. You are a priest. You can't, you can't be speaking like the masses. You, are, you have been called to go, I think I should turn this way, you've been called to go beyond here, beyond here. You've been called to come in. You and I, we've been called to come in. So David established what he called the tabernacle of David. First, he secured a stronghold. A city, a stronghold, straightly shot, belonging to the Jebus, Jebus or Jebusites. Those ones bragged. Said, nobody, you people have been taking, possessing the land. Nobody can get this region. David said, yeah, thou kiddest. Went and conquered the place, renamed it. Said, this is now Zion, the city of God. It was called the city of David. He moved government house. He moved government house. He left what they were doing in Shiloh. He says, I am establishing the covenant in Zion. The hill of God established his presence there. And he says, I know what God will. Really, let them be killing rams in Shiloh. Here we will appoint singers. <laughs> Woo! Someone is getting it. Says here we will, ask, we will, we will appoint praisers. Priests are used, used to carrying ram and carrying. He said, we need a new generation of priests that will understand how to praise the beauty of his holiness. That can blow trumpets. Priests that can sing songs. Priests in the beauty of his holiness. That can declare that the Lord is good. And his mercy endures. Those priests appointed them. Brought back the ark with a lot of... Re- that was when he danced like a, like a jester. Literally like a clown. But the glory came. And David instituted what, what, what scripture calls the tabernacle of David. And that is the expected blueprint for today's church. When we say Mount Zion, it, it, it means prophetically today's church. However, today's church that is aligned with the tenets of the tabernacle of David. So I want to repeat the scripture, okay? Acts chapter 15, verse 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. It says, and to this agree the words of the prophets. To what? So there was a debate, we've, we've talked about this recently, whether these Gentiles have to start, you know, eating kosher, you know, come circumcise, all of those. Peter said, hmm, I had a vision. They said, yeah, it's good to have a vision. We, we don't establish doctrine on vision. Okay, fine. Peter said, I saw the spirits descend upon them. They spoke in tongues. They said, glory to God. All right, but we establish doctrine on scripture. In addition to these things. So James stood up. This is James speaking here. Says, in addition to these supernatural things that Peter said, Simon, our brother, he says, and to this agree the words of the prophet as it is written. This is how we solidify doctrine in the body of Christ. Not, I had a dream. Verse 16, it says, after this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, not the temple of Solomon. I'll show you the temple of Solomon soon. It says, which is falling down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. 
It says that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all Gentiles, can you see? All Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. James was quoting Amos, that God loved this tabernacle, this design of ram, he's saying it's okay. Email read, all right? But David said, there's something else that gives you pleasure. There's something that, that makes you enthroned. There's something that makes you to, 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 boy. So this is it, oh. This is, when God says, I delight in Mount Zion, this is it. A priesthood that understands a, a living sacrifice as a life, and then that life producing solid sacrifices from the lips. Glory to God. If they can help me one more time as we begin to round this up, and I'll show you just one more scripture, let's go to the Temple of Solomon. Temple of Solomon. The Temple of Solomon is an interesting... The reason why I'm saying this is because, and I, I'm saying this so that you can know, as you are getting deeper in understanding God's word, I'm sure the, the, the picture will be on your screen very soon, all right, but a lot of modern day occultists trace their ancestry to what happened in the building of this temple. And we've attempted, if you've been joining the morning prayers, we've we scratched this a bit because it's time to pray. All right. But when God gave Moses the instructions, the pattern for building that tabernacle, God also gave him the people, all right, his people filled with his spirit that will do the work. Bezalel. Aholiab. He says, I'm training them to be, to be skilled in all manner of work. Gold, raised, linen, cut, everything. Noited, skilled. And they also have been graced to train others. But when it was time for this one, God's people were distracted. Solomon had to write a letter to Tyre, modern day Lebanon. He says, send me a skilled man. That skilled man, that skilled man, who was the namesake of the king, his father was Ty, Tyrin, Pardon my French. Pardon my French. All right. But more than day, his mother was, was Jewish. All right. But this, this is the guy that a lot of this demonic folklore is tied to. But anyways, he did the work, and we know God's glory came. So please do not believe when you start maybe reading about tabernacles or you start seeing all those demonic lies, just brand them as lie. If it doesn't align with scripture, I don't believe it, fling it in the gutter. All right, just, just said that quickly. But you, you can see it's almost the same, the same concept here. The only main difference is that Solomon, who was the son of David, David, I'm sure David said, the burnt offerings they are doing, you, we need that bracing altar. It, it will be there. He says, but more importantly, there is, there is a dimension, there is a, the one that pleasures God. You must do it in this temple. Solomon said, yes, daddy, I will do it. Remember, it was at Exodus 40, when Moses had done everything, poured oil everywhere, he says the glory came. For this temple, it was not when they had poured oil everywhere. It was when the priests shouted. It was when the order of David's tabernacle was fulfilled that the glory came. All right. So you can still see the altar here a lot more, you know. If they set the four horns, you still a bracing altar, constant burning. You can see the, the, the lava, but it was now a lot bigger. It was now sea. It's called a, a sea. Water, and you have oxens, 12 oxens in total, three facing different directions. This was where washing was done. In addition, there were 10, 10 all right, mobile basins also. They were also made of bronze wheels to make, to redistribute the water for other ceremonial washings. So you have five on this side, five on the side. All right, the entrance was still reckoned to be the way. Now we don't have a curtain here. Now we now have a bifolding door. And you have two important pillars here because the Bible tells us their name. One is called Yakin. The other one is called Boaz. Strength and establishment. The, the demonic liars have names for these pillars too. All right. Or interpretations. But scripturally, it tells us that the meaning is strength and establishment. These pillars here. A design of very... I can, I can break this down. All right. But you go in. Remember, we had just one light stand in the tent. All of this was made of gold. Gold, 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 gold. Five on one side, five menorahs on one side, five on one side. You still have the table of shewbread. You still have the incense there. You still have the altar. The same way we had in the previous image, this altar for incense. The priests will come in here. 
This was the outer courts where the masses could do all of their washings. Only the priests could go in here. All right, only the high priests. This is where the ark dwelt, and they are the cherubims, wing to wing, winged. See, these are very deep truths. One more scripture, and we wrap up. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 12. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 12 to 14. Solomon's temple. Then Solomon offered bond offerings unto the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the porch. Before the porch. So he continued the ordinance of Moses. Verse 13. Even after a certain rate every day, offering according to the commandment of Moses on the Sabbaths, on the new moons, on the solemn feasts, three times in a year. So he kept a dimension of that Levitical order. He says, even in the Feast of Unliving Bread and in the Feast of Weeks and in the Feast of Tabernacles, I'm on verse 14 now. He says, and he appointed according to the order of David his father. So this was the bridge, the bridge from Levi to Melchizedek. Jesus, having fulfilled the requirements of the law, now leaves us with the living sacrifice and with the offer of praise from our lips and worship genuine. Verse 14, please, if you have highlight, underline it. He appointed, according to the altar of David, his father, the courses of the priests. Now, these were not priests that did goats and bulls. They, they had a unique designation. And the Levites to their charges. To do what? To praise and minister before the priests. To, to, they to are offering sacrifices, but there is no cutting of necks here. We are slain with our mouth, declaring his majesty. As the duty of every day, can you see that? Required. The porters also by their courses at every gate. For so had David, the man of God, commanded. Wow, this is deep. Moses, the man of God. Moses climbed the mountain to get his pattern. David entered the inner courts of worship to see his pattern. He's saying this is what God wants. This is what God really wants. This is what gives him pleasure. This is what this is what gives him pleasure. This is what gives him pleasure. And I pray for you that your life will count for his pleasure. As you arise as the king that you are, as you arise that the priest that you are, that you will arise in the fullness of his power, you will begin to rule and execute dominion. You will begin to offer sacrifices to our God. First, a living sacrifice of you, and then constant offerings of sacrifices of praise. Glory to God. Come on, let's begin to thank God what the time it's been learning, learning about prayer. A couple of months now, but we are here. We are not just better informed, we have been empowered by His Spirit. Thank you, gracious Father, for these truths. These words will not just be words, let them be life to us. As we have been invited to the way, we've been invited to the truth, we've been invited to the life. It says that the veil has been torn apart. The veil has been torn apart. He says we can come boldly. What a privilege. Come on, somebody say thank you. Thank you because I don't have to stay at the outer courts. I can come into the holy place. I can come into the most holy place. The veil, not just once a year, but I can come in. I can come in having been washed by the blood, having been washed by water, having been illuminated by the light of his presence, having been fed and satisfied with the fullness of his bread, the bread of life, having offered the incense of worship. The veil is torn. I can approach the place of his presence. The one who sits enthroned on the cherubims shine forth. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I want to pray for someone you've not even entered in. Jesus says, I am the way. No other way. <laughs> no other way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I'm stretching out that invitation to you. You don't have to remain outside. All you seek, you find in him. All you seek, you find in him. Come in through the way. For as many, under the sound of my voice, the Spirit of God is doing a work on your heart, convicting you. Whether this is your first time, 
whether you've done this before and you are rededicating your life, I want to invite you. Come home. Come to the place of life. Come to the place of his presence. Come to the place of cleansing. Come to the place of illumination. No more darkness. No more toiling with demons. Come to the place of revelation. Come to the place of his presence. Come to the place where there is true satisfaction. Come. Father, for your sons and daughters under the sound of my voice, pray for them that today will be their last day outside. As they have come in, relinquishing the old, relinquishing the past, confessing you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, I ask that your spirit will invade them, that their names are engraved in you, the Lamb's Book of Life. Their lives will count for you. They will serve you all the rest of their days. Thank you, gracious Father. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.